welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, ML Roostrack. Thank you for having me on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your book? I know it's on Amazon. It looks great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, it's a memoir. It's my story um, about my childhood growing up. It goes into, you know, crimes that I committed as from a child into my teenage years. In my teenage years, I graduated towards bank robbery um, when I was 18, actually. That was more spur of the moment. From there, I actually, they say I robbed over a dozen banks by the time I turned 19. And then they gave me eight years in prison with 85% two strikes, meaning I had to serve no less than 85% of the eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, I got through that. I got out of prison, and with the help of my mom and family, uh, I actually got a job ironworking. So Great. from that point, yeah, it was it was it was a good experience ironworking. I had when I was a kid in my neighborhood, the it seemed like it was more common or more expected of you to be the best criminal you could be, the best you know just bad person. I guess you could say, and, and it's not that it was expected of everyone. It's just when that's your environment, that's what you focus on, I guess. You, you'd have to come from there to really understand what I mean. But every friend I had when I was a kid, if, if you would have took away all friends that were gang members, I would have had one female friend at the end of it all when I was a teenager. So I had that influence, and the iron workers was actually able to teach me how to become a better worker uh, response, you know, taught me responsibility. I got sidelined with a back injury because, you know, I got out in September of '09. I started ironworking in January of 2010, so it was still in the recession. So the work was hard. Um, I pushed through it. Even, you know, I, I, I had a pre-existing back injury. I pushed through it. I irritated it more, made it worse, got to a point where I couldn't walk about two years in. And from there, I went in and got into the adult marketing business <laughs> for exotic dancers, stuff like that. Um, from there, I was able to start my own classifieds website. I'm actually co-owner of that, freeverse.com. Um, and then so I ended up... Really turned around, you've really turned your life around since your teenage years, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, when I was a teenager, I 
crime was not a concern to me. <laughs> it, it, there was no moral objection on my end. It was more selfish, you know, selfish state of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't concern myself with how people felt with what they went through to work for the things they got, you know, because whenever I would rob a bank as a teenager, I would steal a car. So no thought into what it took for those people to get, you know, that car, no thought in if they needed to get to work the next day. So, yeah, you could definitely say I've changed a lot since I was a kid. (laughs) Well, that's always a positive thing when you grow up. You can look back and say, yeah, I made my mistakes, but now I'm contributing to society in the right way. And it's great that you put it into a book so maybe someone out there who's growing up the way you did can say, hey, there's a better better way, better something out there. Yeah, that's, that's primarily when I was writing the book. I actually wasn't going to write it because I was thinking, oh, you know what, maybe it's watered down, like as in not enough, you know, stuff that people would want in books, you know. Uh, and what I mean is there was a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of people that I was incarcerated with where their stories were a lot crazier than mine. And when people hear my stories, it, they almost don't even believe it's true. <laughs> so I wasn't sure about writing it, but I ended up writing it in a unique way that I felt would be able to reach people and I primarily wrote it for people in urban areas, people incarcerated, people with, you know, that have family members that are incarcerated so they can see that, hey, you can you can come up in a pretty bad, bad situation and you can make it through it, you know, but everybody needs help at some point. And a lot of the, a lot of the time they have government funded programs, you know, like welfare and food stamps and so on and so forth. But. A lot of times there's a long waiting period in between. So it's just the systems they have in place, what I'm trying to tell people is, hey, don't sit back and just try and rely on government-funded programs, you know. If, if, if you focus, if you try, you can accomplish it, but it helps to have somebody helping you along, at least in the beginning. You know, so family is family is critical, I would say, to people coming out of prison. A positive exactly. influence, you know. Yes. And there's a lot of people out there, and I talk to a lot of kids, teenagers, 15, 16 years old. Well, I don't have money for this. We don't have money for that. Okay. McDonald's is not your best job in the world, but it's yeah. money coming in. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you have to work McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's out at the same time, just as an example, get the money and keep your applications going for the job you want, but also get the experience of these low um, minimum wage jobs, and that's going to help you later on. Just don't complain about it. Do something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I actually had a job when I was 18, and I elected to quit it because crime was paying more. So just kind of touches back on me being irresponsible and not thinking, you know, about anything, including other people. But, yeah, I would agree. Um, but, those, but those fast food jobs, they're not an option, I'd say, for most people coming out of prison. 
when right. I when I first got out, I tried applying to every. I had told myself since I was a kid, I'm never going to flip burgers, right? Just because I had that complex about me. And when I got out, that went out the window, and I was like, okay, I need a job. So I tried applying at Jack in the Box, McDonald's, Carl's Jr., everything. And that criminal record really means something, especially mine, because it was robberies. Um, I want to say on my record for that series of robberies they gave me 21 or 22 counts of robbery two conspiracies and an auto burglary right and I didn't even do the auto burglary (laughs) but yeah I couldn't I couldn't get any job where I'm assuming that I would have access to the cash is what it was or property so even warehouse jobs kind of went out the window because I'm a known thief you know so yeah it's difficult but again family if you have people to help you you know you can find you can figure something out people just need that breather you know you it's it's hard to just get out of prison after let's say 10 20 years if someone's doing that I only did a little over seven but let's just say somebody's getting out after 20 years all they give you is 200 bucks cash and then they just go you're free (laughs) and you got to figure it out from there when it comes to society we could only hope that that person's able to figure it out because if not, it's going to affect society negatively because he or she is going to know no other way, but what they already knew before going to prison or what they learned while in prison. So, right. And not necessarily yeah. everything learned in prison is positive. No, I learned absolutely nothing positive in prison. Um, I, I, yeah, it's funny. You, you just sit there. You sit there and, and, you know, you you interact with other people. You walk here and there on the yard, but otherwise you're essentially in a jar with just a bunch of criminals. And there's no programs other than, um, well, while I was there in California, again, I'm speaking on California specifically. When I was there, they didn't have any programs where um, anybody with a violent or serious crime could participate in. It was all geared towards people with drug offenses, nonviolent offenses. And that kind of always confused me because I figured, huh, wouldn't we want to kind of change the mindset of the violent guys instead? <laughs> you know? But I don't know I if they have any now. I unfortunately well maybe I'm fortunate or unfortunately, I don't know. But I've never been in that system so I'm not sure how it works, but as an outsider looking in there's things that need to be done that's not being taken care of. And that's the funny thing too, when you really think about it, if 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 the system has if the system seems broken, right, which I think everybody, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Tea Party, it doesn't matter, right? You can right. sit back, look at the system, acknowledge all the flaws, but the funny thing is no one's fixing it. They're just right. going with it, you know, and it's like why? Why won't they just simply try something new, uh, be open to opinions, you know, but until they do that, I mean, I don't really think anyone can expect a solution. Best you can expect is more prisons to go up, you know, to put all the people in, but Mm -hmm. yeah. We hear from both sides of the fences that, yeah, the prison system doesn't work or it's overpopulated or fill in the blank here and but no one's coming up with the solution to say 
okay, let's retrain people, let's rehabilitate who we can, what's come up with good paying jobs so they have something when they come out that will hire I these think, people. Yeah. I think it has a uh, I think a big part of it is the mandatory minimum sentencing guidelines they have in place. And that's <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Mandatory minimum sentencing, you know, guidelines, it, it's all black and white. There's no human element to it. So in California, right, I, I was given two strikes for my crimes. I, I didn't use any guns and no violence. I never even stopped anybody from leaving the bank. But because they said I scared people, it's a serious crime. So I got two strikes, which I had up until that day that I received those two strikes, I had thought strikes were reserved for violent criminals. So they're giving a lot of people strikes. When I was incarcerated, I noticed a lot of people had strikes. And you could be 14, 13, 14, 15 years old. And if you got in a fight, if you were convicted of, you know, let's say you got in a fight, you busted the guy's nose at 14 years old, they could give you a strike for that. So that counts when you're an adult. So you can be 30 years old and that strike will count. So if you, you know, out with your girlfriend, somebody grabs her or something and you react and punch them, that's your second strike because you're supposed to call the police. You know, California is very, very insensitive. Again, it just goes back to black and white. There's no human element to it. There's no case by case punish accordingly. Um, so the numbers are just going to keep increasing. People are going to keep going to prison for long periods of time for things that other people normally wouldn't go for. You could take a burglary. Uh, I'll give you an example of how out of control it is. I had a, I had a cellmate, um, when I was in Donovan and he was from the Norwalk area and he had 20, 26 or seven years to life. And he had received that life sentence because he broke into a vacant apartment, you know, in his neighborhood because he wanted to get high on heroin. So he broke into an empty apartment that no one was inhabiting to get high. He passed out, you know, well, the police woke him up in the morning. He got life for that crime because they consider it a violent crime because the resident, you know, again, residential burglary, if let's just say someone breaks into your home, that's scary. You know, that's a terrifying situation. So the way it's written is, hey, if you're going to go into somebody's home, you, the the potential for violence is there, I believe is what right. they say. But now if you're breaking into an empty apartment because you're homeless and you're trying to get high on heroin, empty as in no furniture, just bald. <laughs> right. So I, well, I don't see the justification for a life sentence there. Right. Huh? Yeah, and, and yes, yes. And he had, and, and, and this isn't somebody that had a murder or a rape or a child molesting on his jacket. It's just crimes, if they can't get you on a violent crime, California will get you on what they call a serious crime, which I guess makes murder just your regular old, you know, plain felony nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, so you could break into an apartment empty and you'll get the same amount of time as you would for killing somebody. So I believe that that doesn't make sense. But now, but now that's telling criminals 
out there or potential criminals, especially the older ones getting out of prison, talking to the younger ones, like they're going to put that in kids' heads and, and young gang members and young people growing up in hoods. And they're going to tell them, hey, you know, you're, you're going to get the same amount of time for breaking into an apartment as you would for killing somebody. And that's a bad thing to pass on to a young mind that's soaking up information as they go. Because right. that might just become a part of who they are. That that's just something that's in their mind that they retain. And when you know, it's 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 a scary situation. But again, it goes back to nothing's really being done to fix it. In my opinion, it's just getting worse. But I don't know. It's, okay, let's build another president, or let's talk about the gangs or the violent crimes that are happening on the street. But. Let's not do anything productive other than put the people yeah. in the prison instead of preventing things to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I th- yeah. I mean, something needs to be done. I'm obviously not qualified to, to make a call on that one. But one thing I am, I, I believe, qualified to say since, you know, I'm 35 now and just have gone through life is that what's in place right now is definitely not working. Prison did, prison did absolutely nothing to change who I was up until the last day I left. I still didn't care. It was landing with my family, you know, moving back in with my mom when I got out, being around my sisters and just appreciating the family, getting into the iron workers, just learning the whole other side of what life can be. Because a lot of a lot of people in these neighborhoods, they don't even get to see that. You. It's it's really bad in some areas, really bad. People don't have money to eat. You know, they're, they're, they're still working two jobs, you know, but they're minimum wage. And rent in California is crazy. So both parents can have two minimum wage jobs, and hey, guess what? You're still barely making it, especially if you have a couple kids in your belt. So a lot of times people say, well, they shouldn't be having kids. But at the same time, it's like, well, if they already have them, you know, now what? They're still kids. Right. <laughs> you know, there's still exactly. other people to be considered, you know. But I think nothing short of private funding would fix it. You know, somebody with enough money and a, and a good idea to come in and be like, hey, look, we're going to take it upon ourselves, you know, if it's a corporation or entity or nonprofit. And we're going to do this and that. And then they just start trying things. And I think that that might be the only solution because if you leave it up to the people in charge now, the only thing, me, I like to consider myself a, yeah, I like, I like to consider myself a hustler. So meaning, you know, I, I I like making money. I like getting, I, I like figuring stuff out. So the only thing that makes sense to me why they would leave the system in place as it is, is, is simply because of the money of it all at the end of the day. There's more people in prisons means more correctional officers are needed, which in turn increases the strength of the union. So I don't know. That that sounds a little far fetched, but when you really Google stuff and look into it, you start to notice patterns and it's it's kinda of scary, you know? Kinda of scary. Yes it is. The society, same. society as today as a whole is scary. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Things aren't as good as they should be. No, definitely not. But they they could be better. It just takes time. I don't I it's it's just funny when you 
when you watch, you know, the news or if you're on social media and you see everybody trying to be politically correct nowadays and looking back on past times and, you know, talking ill of, you know, what were they thinking? You know, what were those people thinking? And then here we are giving people life in prison for like stealing food, you know, up, up until 2013 or maybe even 2013 or 2014, you could have still got life just for shoplifting diapers or Infamil since 94. So they had that in place for about 20 years where if you were poor and you were stealing diapers or Infamil for your kid and you got caught, life in prison. Doesn't matter why you're doing it. Doesn't matter that it wasn't violent. Life in prison. So it took them 20 years to amend that law. So I believe they're going to look back on our generation 100 years from now and be saying the same thing. What were those people yeah. thinking, you know? Exactly. It's just going to take a lot of time and someone that actually wants to do something to even yeah. begin to fix this. It's not going well, to be hopefully. an easy fix. It's not going to happen overnight. No. But No. We need to come up well, with hope. something. I'm glad that you were able to put this into the book to maybe help yeah. one person. If you help one person, maybe that one person can turn around and become the next mayor or governor or something that's willing to do something because they started there. That's that's what I'm hoping, honestly. I just I just wanna my my end game <laughs> I wanna live right, right? And I'll be able to do that through, you know, working and all that and I wanna be able to help people in the process. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with other people, other authors. Um, there's an author called J.D. Rutherford. He's the author of Dear Mom, Dear Son. And I, I link up with people and just try and see if there's anything we can do, you know, um, programs we can get into. I just hooked up with him, but he, he's starting a nonprofit. So there are people out there that have the right idea that are trying, you know, and, and that's, that's what I want to, you know, the message I want to push, like, hey, look, you can come out of the system and people care. You know, it's not, it's not like you think. You know, when, when, when we were in there, we just, again, if you're, if you're sitting next to somebody in prison and, and you have eight years for robbing over a dozen banks, right, and, you're, and, and this is a real <laughs> story, an example, and you're sitting next to a guy that's doing 25 years to life for stealing a tricycle, off of somebody's front lawn for his kid, <laughs> right? It sounds horrible because he stole a tricycle from a little kid who would do that. But at the end of the day, he's, he's probably stealing something that's, you know, let's just be real, less than $100, you know? Right. And he and he was stealing it for his kid. And it's like, wow, you got 25 life for that, and I got eight years for robbing a dozen banks, you know? So, and, and again, not saying I should have got life, <laughs> but, but right. that's an example of, of people that that's the that's the impression that people are left with in there of of society you know of law abiding upstanding voting citizens you you're you're left with the impression like wow these these guys really do not care about us and when i mean us i mean the people in ghettos people in you know bad situations it i'm not saying that's the case but i'm saying that's the impression that one is left with definitely because i again i I understand that. You know, as again, as an outsider looking in to your story, I'm not not there, but 
I've grown up around the urban uh, ghettos and stuff like this, not in one, mm-hmm. but I've known people that have, and that's yeah. the crowd I to hang around with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, there's we um, as a society don't do enough because we do okay. Well, there's welfare programs. Okay, so we're creating a culture that depends on the welfare system. Why aren't yes, we creating a, a culture to help people help themselves or get out of this situation? No, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And, and, and welfare is just another example. Why don't they fix that? It's it's obviously it's it's kind of messed up when you when you watch the news and you see people that are actually freezing to death on the street still, <laughs> right? And and yeah. and at the same time, you know for a fact that there's some a lot of people probably manipulating the welfare system that that just simply don't want to work that are sitting at home, but everyone doesn't do that. There are people that actually direly need that, again, that kind of cushion, that breathing room just to get a head start. So that would just lead me to believe that the welfare system is completely broken mm-hmm. and yet nothing's being done to fix it. Like, right. I, I don't get it. I, I just literally, I don't understand it. You know? I don't, but yeah, things. I don't like that either. Yeah, there's a lot of things in society that doesn't make sense, doesn't, isn't understandable to anyone, but the people that misuse it. They get the system yeah, well, and they how to work the system and then they abuse the system and then we get a broken system. I, th- I think people just need to remember that they're the voters, you know. We're the ones who went to office. Right. And I don't know if it's, I, I don't even know if it's like this. Or if it's supposed to be like this and it's just not, but it, it would be lovely if when a politician is voted in and his constituents were to tell him, hey, we want you to vote this way on this issue. And if that person was to oh, well, the party, my party wants me to vote this way. Okay, well, you know, forget about them. We elected you in the office. You know, we're not talking about the party. This is greater than a party. We're telling you this is how we want it done. And it would be nice if we lived in a world where if that person did not do that, hey, you got two weeks to get out, you know, just pack your stuff up and get out. But I, growing up, I always thought that that's how it worked, you know, government officials well, work for us and we can get them out of there. But I know it doesn't work that fast. It's not that quick, but it's just crazy that it's so hard to get rid of somebody that that you don't well, – you don't Here's like that, that you just don't agree with, but they, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Too many corporations own the politicians. We don't have enough oh, yeah. citizens as politicians. That's, that's the disconnect. Yeah, if we had yeah, more citizens true. as politicians instead of career politicians that have been bought by corporations, I think we would see yeah. bigger. I don't know. Yeah, and you're absolutely, that's not. I used to hear that a lot and think, oh, it's conspiracy theory, right? (laughs) And then I watched this, um, I believe it was on Netflix. I want to say it's called The 13th Hour. And Mm -hmm. they, it's this documentary. And and she, um, the director threw in there this this, uh, organization called ALEC. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, But they work, it's a, a, 
an exclusive entity. I, I think it's I think it's worded as as a corporation, maybe, but no, not a corporate. It, it, it's it's like a group, but to be part of this group or this club or whatever it is it's called, you have to be either a large corporation or a politician, and it's called Alec, A L E C, and there had been rumors of you know Alec, basically the corporations trying to push laws to the politicians. And the politicians and the corporate, no, 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 we're just trying to work together for each other's benefit and, you know, to grow society or whatever, relations, I don't know. And then there was this lawmaker in Florida that was pushing this law through, signing it, and she had forgot to remove the corporate letterhead of Alec from the bill or from the law itself. So basically Alec had written it up for her, handed it to her, she was doing this live in front of the media, so they got it on film. I, I want to say you can find it on YouTube or Google. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's actually really happening <laughs> where you have companies that I want to say like Kraft is a member of Alec, Coca-Cola, you know. So, so whatever state you're living in, you could literally be having Coca-Cola and Kraft, as in macaroni and cheese, <laughs> deciding how you're living your life. Exactly. Because it might benefit their corporation some way or another. And that's, that's scary, really scary, but it's happening. Not a conspiracy. You can look it up online. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Well, it was really nice talking to you. We have like, there's a couple minutes left and I don't want to cut you short, but I do thank you for being on the show today. And would you like to tell the viewers, cause I don't think we covered this, the name of your book, and if there's any other place other than Amazon that they can find it. Yeah, the name of the book is Up on Game from Robbing Banks to Stacking Bitcoin. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on in Book Soup in Los Angeles. You can go to my website, upongamebook.com, um, and find it there. Great. And can the re- listeners find you anywhere? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Up on Gamebook, uh, Facebook Up on Gamebook too, and that's about it. I oh, you know what? I have an Instagram too. Uh, up on Gamebook, yeah, it's all Up on Gamebook. You'll be able to find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And for this edition of Author Talk, good night, Atlanta.